This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about gazpacho. Gazpacho. That's fun to say. It is. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one that I remember the very first time I had it. Oh, yeah? And it was like five years ago. Okay. It was recent. Uh-huh. At a, a very fancy restaurant in Atlanta. Some would call it the fanciest restaurant in Atlanta. Oh. Bacchanalia? The, yes. <laughs> You knew exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. Um, it was an amuse-bouche, and it came in this tiny little cup, and it was so cute, and it was so delicious. Oh, that's lovely. It was very refreshing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I had it way back in high school. I was uh, I took a few years of Spanish in high school because I was living in South Florida at the time. It seemed like the thing to do, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and it was a lot easier than French. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and we we had a version of gazpacho that is not like what I'm going to describe gazpachos being in a second here, uh-huh. but uh, but it was very lovely and refreshing. Yeah. Um, before this episode, I did not realize how uh, popular it was in Spain. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't think I would have <laughs> if you said I had it in high school Spanish class without this knowledge that I now have, I would have been like, really? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> but now I know, and soon you will too, listeners. Gazpacho mm-hmm. always makes me think of um, a series of unfortunate events. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from the wide window, which I think is the third or fourth. I think it's the third. But I anyway. think it's the third, yeah. Um, quote, 
As you probably know, chilled cucumber soup is a delicacy that is best enjoyed on a very hot day. I myself once enjoyed it in Egypt while visiting a friend of mine who works as a snake charmer. When it's well prepared, chilled cucumber soup has a delicious minty taste, cool and refreshing as if you are drinking something as well as eating it. Mm. My um my my mom uh, my mom would make uh, chilled cucumber soup for my school lunches sometimes when Aww. I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, apparently gazpacho is an important plot point in The Simpsons, Red Dwarf, Psych, and Chowder. Hmm. Hmm. You can write in about that. Uh, yeah. In the in the Simpsons clip, um, and to be fair, we just pulled this up and watched it to to make sure we knew what we were talking about. We wouldn't want to get anything about the Simpsons wrong. No. Uh, yeah. Lisa tries to uh, encourage a, a vegetarian option of gazpacho at yes. at a barbecue, and yeah, and it goes over as well as you might imagine. <laughs> Yes. Well, she didn't use the best uh, descriptor for it, I would say. Not to criticize, Lisa. Um, And yeah, it is really popular in Spain. A Spanish refrain goes, quote, there's never too much gazpacho. Oh, uh, it's, 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 um, de gazpacho no hay empacho. Um, it literally translates to something like there's no indigestion where gazpacho is concerned, but, um, but has come to be used to mean, um, you can't have too much of a good thing. Aww. Yeah. Aww. That's <laughs> lovely. But this all brings us to our question, gazpacho. What is it? Well, gazpacho is a raw vegetable soup blended and served chilled. What those vegetables are can vary pretty widely, but the classic uh, Spanish Andalusian version features tomatoes, bell peppers, and cucumber, Key to making this not just like salsa is that you blend or puree that vegetable uh, stuff with olive oil and stale bread, creating this lovely creamy emulsion and giving the soup some body. Also, the tomatoes' uh, seeds should be sieved out and the skins are usually removed. This version is often seasoned with just a salt, pepper, and a splash of vinegar, uh, preferably sherry vinegar, and the result is kind of tart and vegetal and refreshing, but also smooth and comforting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The name most likely comes from an Arabic word for soaked bread or perhaps a pre-Roman word for residue and or fragment or a Greek word for collection box, which sometimes folks would put bread into those collection boxes. Okay. Or a Hebrew word meaning break into little pieces. Yeah, because traditionally you're going to make it with a mortar and pestle and so, yes, grind those ingredients into little pieces. Yes. Mm-hmm. So lots of options there. We'll get more into the history. Oh, yeah. As per usual, a little bit later. Um, I found some controversies. Oh, yeah. Of course. Huh. To use onion or not to use onion? And if so, how much? Garlic. Yes? No? Spicy peppers? <gasps> Cumin? Cumin? Yeah. Inhuman. <laughs> <laughs> Just like to make some rhymes uh-huh. <laughs> when they're they're there. Uh, yeah, there there are um, there are lots of controversies about what you should and should not put in different types of gazpacho. But there are a lot of varieties and related dishes. Um, really, gazpacho is a use up what you've got sort of dish, like a use what's freshest and ripest. So anything can go in terms of your vegetable and or fruit base. 
I've read recipes that include stuff like grapes, strawberries, or honeydew melon, and I am intrigued. Ooh, right? me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, possible additions to add body are ground almonds or pine nuts or hard-boiled eggs or raw eggs or homemade mayo. Uh, flavorings can include citrus juice and fresh herbs. For garnishes, anything from diced vegetables of the varieties that you've put in to cooked seafood or boiled egg or cured ham or chopped olives or toasted croutons and on and on. And on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And we could probably have have a stiff argument about whether adding almonds means you should just go ahead and take out the tomatoes and make an ajo blanco, um, and at what point the ratio of bread to tomato makes it a gazpacho versus a salmorejo versus a pora and tacuarana. Lots of lots of variation in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. little little bit of wiggle room. Some wiggle room, but not too much wiggle room. <laughs> No, no. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. This is the sort of thing that people do have opinions about. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not versed enough in it to have opinions. Also, I, I really can't eat like classic gazpacho because bell peppers. Right. I've only had it the twice, and I've only had the tomato one, the one with tomatoes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I also cannot weigh in too much on this. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to go. Uh, we'll we'll just have to go to Spain. Done. <laughs> All right. Agreed. <laughs> That's the simplest way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are even some versions served hot. <gasps> I know. What? Yeah. What? Oh well, I'm I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry if I've said something too shocking. I, you have. That was a shocker. I don't know if I can recover. Oh, my goodness. All right, all right. Um, it is super popular in Spain. People drink it straight. I saw many pictures of just gazpacho in people's refrigerators. Kind oh, of like the— Like a pitcher of gazpacho. Or like a cardboard, you know, oh. here. You just get like a cardboard milk thing. and the, Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's frequently served in a glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people drink it every day. It's a hot weather go-to. Oh, yeah. Some Spanish cookbooks classify gazpacho as a salad. It would be in the salad section uh-huh. of their cookbook, a liquid salad. Liquid salad, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and nutrition-wise, I mean, you know, it depends on what you put in it, but it's like a liquid salad, uh, lowish in fat and sugars with a good punch of protein and micronutrients, your vitamins and minerals. It's got a lot of vitamin C in particular, and one study out of Tufts University had its participants eat gazpacho twice a day in addition to their usual diet. And within a week, the subjects had lower amounts of these uh, stress-related compounds in their blood, um, the, the kinds of things that indicate cellular and system dysfunction. Like chronically, these compounds can cause uh, progressive damage from inflammation and are part of like the plaques that cause heart disease. Researchers think that the vitamin C in gazpacho was primarily responsible. Huh. So a, a nice... Picker upper. Yeah. Is that a phrase? Yeah. It a, is now. It's a <laughs> it's a good way to get your vegetables. Yes. Yes. I I concur. Um, numbers on gazpacho you might be shocked to hear are hard <laughs> to find. But I would wager there is quite a lot of it being consumed in Spain in particular. Yes. Yes. And I'd say it waxes and wanes in popularity through other other places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And this just about brings us to our history section. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. 
Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer-founded, queer-run, and creating size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I I have some opinions about this oh. myself. Oh, goodness. Okay. But uh, some historians say that ancient Roman soldiers were making an early form of gazpacho with their rations, which we did touch on in our MRE episode. Oh, right. February, but mm-hmm. as a reminder, olive oil, bread, salt, garlic, and vinegar. Uh, <laughs> still others say that there was a gazpacho prototype in the Bible, Throughout history, we have searched for ways to use up stale bread. And by we, I mean humanity. Yes. And not just Lauren and I. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And in the Book of Ruth, there is a mention of dipping bread in vinegar. Is it, is, is that the, I mean, is it? Exactly. 
is it? But it does come up <laughs> when you look up uh, history of gazpacho, and I guess you can say it's a very, very early, early relative. I feel like usually there's a bit of a closer uh, connect, but I am not the foremost <laughs> historian <laughs> expert, expert on, on this, <laughs> so I will I will include it in here. Okay. Yes. Some believe that the Arabs who occupied Spain from the 8th century to the 12th century CE brought with, uh, they brought white soup with them made with almonds, bread, garlic, salt, and olive oil. And this is that uh, ajo blanco that I was talking about earlier. Um, And uh, grapes or melon are used for garnish or sometimes in the soup itself. Ooh. Um, But yeah, yeah, this this is considered a legit uh, uh, gazpacho adjacent dish. I feel like we're throwing some shade, and I, I don't mean to personally. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Maybe I was just in a spicy mood when I, <laughs> I wrote this. <laughs> One of the first records of gazpacho was in a medicinal book prescribing it for stomach ailments. Soften the stomach and prevent putrefaction. Oh. Um, yeah, is what it was supposed to help you with. So sure. Okay. Sounds nice. Mm-hmm. In the 17th century, Don Quixote's pal Sancho Panzo mentioned gazpacho. Quote, a reaping hook fits my hand better than a governor's scepter. I'd rather have my fill of gazpacho than be subject to the misery of a meddling doctor. Oh. Mm. Tomatoes have been a key ingredient in gazpacho since the 19th century, making the so-called red gazpacho that went international. See our tomato episode, which is one of my faves, uh, for more. But basically, Spain was cultivating tomatoes soon after Columbus brought them back from his journey, definitely by the 16th century. Uh, It took a minute for tomatoes to catch on because people thought that they were poisonous or, like, possibly caused you to become a werewolf. I feel bad laughing because I'm sure it was very serious. But in in our these are modern ears, it sounds funny. It it does. It is it is humorous to imagine someone avoiding eating a tomato because it might make them a werewolf. It is, but also living a little on the wild side and using it for decoration only. Oh right, because because yeah, like like look at this expensive toxic thing and look at how daringly close it is mm-hmm. to my uh, eating food. Exactly. Oh, humans, I love you. I could become a werewolf at any minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But gazpacho, like this red gazpacho, did follow soon after these tomatoes. People who planted and harvested tomatoes used gazpacho to keep them going. Landowners sometimes hired gazpacheros uh, or people to make this cheap food and serve it to the folks working out on the field so they could keep working even longer. A 1747 description of gazpacho entailed soaking bread crust first in water, then in a sauce of garlic, anchovy bones, vinegar, sugar, salt, and olive oil. Once the bread was softened, fruits and vegetables were added in. And yes, uh, uh, keep in mind that blenders did not exist at this point in history. So, uh, I mean, neither did refrigerators. So, so two of the important elements that we have in making gazpacho today were were missing. Um, and yeah, these these big wooden bowls and big wooden pestles would have been used to to grind all the ingredients together into kind of like a paste and gazpacho. And gazpacho and arm workout. <laughs> At the time, it was definitely viewed as a food of the working class. From the 1611 book, The Treasury of the Spanish Language, it listed gazpacho as, quote, food for vulgar people. Oh. But by the 19th century, it had been embraced by the bourgeoisie. But 
They, of course, fancied it up with a bowl. What? A spoon. Oh, my goodness. Croutons, <laughs> sharp-boiled eggs, peppers, and tomatoes. All of these were options. It was like kind of like a bar situation where you can be like, oh, I want this, and I want this, yeah. this, this. Anyway. Emperor Napoleon III's wife, Eugenia de Montillo, introduced France to gazpacho around this time as well. And perhaps largely to northern Spain, um, because the dish came out of Andalusia, the uh, southern chunk of Spain. And, yeah, she insisted that gazpacho was served during their wedding banquet, apparently, in 1853. The dish had made its way to America by the 1800s. It was included in Mary Randolph's cookbook, The Virginia Housewife. Um, although it was called gazpacha, and the recipe didn't seem to call for smooshing. So I'm not sure. I think it might have just been like a salad, like an actual, like, just salad. <laughs> like, not a liquid salad. Not a liquid a salad, salad, but a salad salad. salad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And apparently it became uh, trendy by the uh, 1960s here in the States. In 63, one Betty Wasson wrote in The Art of Spanish Cooking that, quote, almost overnight, gazpacho, the soup salad of Spain, has become an American food fashion. American food fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It was a plot point from the 1988 Oscar-nominated film Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Um, and the plot point is that it's gazpacho laced with sleeping pills. Yeah, yeah. Or I think I think Valium, maybe. Uh, you you mm. watch this. You watch this character like like putting the ingredients for gazpacho in a blender and just shoving in like a handful of Valium. Oh, why? I, you know. They're women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> it's right there in the title. You're right. What am I thinking? Um, and as of today in Spain, you can add a cup of gazpacho to your McDonald's meal for around a euro. Oh, wow. That's healthier than a lot of the options we have here. Goodness, I know. Um, and on rather the other end of the food spectrum, uh, chefs are doing all sorts of lovely sounding things, um, adding diced mango, macerated in uh, anise liqueur, uh, serving it in bowls made of woven cucumber slices, Ooh. topped uh, with, with red wine, granada, or green apple ice cream. Ooh. I know. I want to eat all of those things. Ah, I do too. I have to say, I don't. I feel like I don't see gazpacho on menus around here too often, but I would love to see some of these. Yeah, I can't think of the last time that I saw it on a menu in Atlanta. It's Bacchanalia giving it in a little <laughs> thimble, a muse-bouche. And I don't think they even do that anymore because I'm pretty sure they changed how they the whole menu. Oh, sure. Hmm. hmm. Questions for later. Yes. Yes. But this brings us to the end of our history. Mm-hmm. We do have some science. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. 
we've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And yes, we're back with gazpacho science. There's science for everything. It's there, wonderful. It, there is, I know. Huh. Uh, so because gazpacho is a simple dish that highlights the flavors of raw vegetables, if you're going to make gazpacho, you want the best, ripest veg that you can find. Uh, Felicity Cloak, writing for The Guardian, said, there is no point in making it with anything less than obscenely ripe ingredients. Obscenely ripe. <laughs> I loved that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and further, as my very favorite food science writer, one J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, pointed out over on Serious Eats, the fact that you're not cooking this means that you need to find other ways to bring out the flavor of your veg. Part of that is a literal physical bringing out because the, the flavor of a plant is often largely locked up inside of its uh, stiff protective cell walls. Um, those flavors come from molecules that the plant uses to, to grow and to thrive. When we apply heat to foods, um, we're softening those cell walls to get that good stuff out. But heat is not the only way we can do this. No. No. Now, of course, the, the part of gazpacho where you blend or puree it means you're, you're busting open some cell walls from, like, pure mechanical force. But there are a couple things that you can do to help the process along and make sure that you're getting the most out of those lovely, obscenely ripe ingredients. Mm. Mm -hmm. First, maceration. Maceration, um, not mastication, that's different, Uh, uh, and is also different from another word that frequently people... Confuse it Confuse with. It with. I think I did that on this very show once. Uh-huh. Um, maceration is soaking something so that it softens and, and breaks down a bit. 
Um, and a fun thing about fruit and veg is that you can macerate them in their own juices because of science. If you sprinkle vegetables with salt, it'll draw water out of the cells and then get to work on, and then that water will get to work on softening those vegetables. And a bonus, along with that water, some water-soluble compounds will come along for the ride. And some of those compounds are flavor. Ooh. So uh, if you chop up your gazpacho ingredients and then sprinkle them with salt and let them sit for uh, like 30 minutes or more, they'll go juicy and uh, get softer and release some of their flavors. This also works with sugar if you're making like a fruit salad and can oh. be really it can be really nice, just a really good punch to like kind of just make everything a little bit. If you're looking for crisp, it's not the way to go. Unless you put paper towels on top. Oh. And then set something on top. Because that's how I make um I make lasagna, but the noodles are like Ooh. zucchini. Uh-huh. And you put salt on there and then you put paper towels and then a weight. And it helps get it drain out the liquid so that when you, oh, you don't sure. get a really liquidy yes. casserole. Oh, excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I want lasagna. Okay. Um, uh, and in the case of gazpacho, um, you'll also want to macerate your bread just by soaking it in water. Um, you should probably drain the softened bread so that you're not watering down the final soup. Mm-hmm. But next, uh, after maceration, you can do something that I would normally never recommend doing to a tomato. What? You freeze it. <gasps> I know. The reason that you normally do not want to freeze or even really refrigerate tomatoes is that they are very cold sensitive. A, a deep chill will soften their delicate cell walls and make them go all mushy, which is the opposite of what you want a tomato to be. Um, but that's actually exactly what we're looking for here. So yeah, uh, salt your veg, freeze it overnight, and then thaw before blending. Get hmm. the most out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, for best results, um, I have seen it suggested to refrigerate your gazpacho overnight so that all of the flavors really meld together. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually <laughs> too lazy to do that. And a lot of times I read it and there's a part of my brain that says, no, that can't be true just because I know what's going on. You just don't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel that one. I, I, never, I never remember to... This is why I don't bring food to parties. <laughs> or if I do, it's like, I got carrots and some hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Readily available. Will taste good how, how it is. Yes. Those are good, too. Oh, hey, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just hungry. Yeah, okay. I think I am, too. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> That's about all we have to say. That is. That is a relatively short episode. Um, but, uh, but please, uh, folks out there from who are from Spain or who have visited, uh, if you have any gazpacho stories, we would love to hear them. Or recipes. Oh, goodness, or recipes, yeah. Yes. But we have heard in the meantime from some other listeners. Uh-huh. Because we are now at <gasps> Listener Mail. Too cool for school <laughs> like gazpacho, except at your school where apparently you had it in Spanish class. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a big world out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a wild world. <laughs> Gazpacho in Spanish class? What? Coral, Coral Springs, Florida is a wacky place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that, but... Oh, so um, many strip malls. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. Geneva wrote, I grew up in the Midwest, North Dakota to be exact, and lived within three blocks of a Taco John's. <gasps> yeah. We had a Taco Bell, but it wasn't as popular as the Taco John's in Bismarck. I did not realize that a majority of the states did not know the glorious Taco John's until moving out to Oregon. 
We got some great street tacos here, so not missing their tacos. But every once in a while, I get a craving for potato olays, which are basically salty coin-sized tater tots with the delicious and unhealthy nacho cheese sauce to dip them in. Ooh, oh no. When I was in Nebraska, there was a Taco Bell on one side of the street and a Taco John's on the other side near my work. And at lunch, I would go to Taco Bell to get a Doritos Locos taco and Taco John's to get Olay's, then go back and have a fantastic meal in my car. (laughs) That sounds amazing. So many people have written in about Taco John's and every single one of them, no joke, mentioned the potato Olay's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I think now is just updated and has a different carton, which oh. is a big deal, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you're <laughs> in the region, someone passing through, live there, uh, Taco John's, Potato Olay's. Potato Olay's. Check it <laughs> Not out. Not a sponsorship. No. Just, just uh, saying what the listeners yeah. have, have informed us We about. are merely reporting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Rose wrote, I really enjoyed your recent episode on the humble sweet potato as they are delicious and brought back one of my fondest memories of my one-year study abroad to Tokyo, Japan. Picture it. It's the fall of 2007. I am once again a stranger in a strange land. I'm German and immigrated to the U.S. at age 15, freshly arrived from Seattle to Tokyo to partake in a year-long intensive program at the best private university, Keio. Each evening, I walled myself off in my private dorm room, studying away, feeling culture shock and utterly lost in this new environment. Until one evening in early October, a mournful cry matched my homesick melancholy. The voice from a passing loudspeaker called, Yaki Imo! Saitama Yaki Imo! At first, I paid no mind to these morning cries. I could hardly understand what the sad voice was even saying. In just three short weeks, I had heard similar messages announcing the gas men, political candidates, the large appliance household recycling truck, and more. There is a truck and a loudspeaker in Japan for every possible service. Unlike these others, who would at most only come around once a week, the Yaki Imo truck began to come by every single night, interrupting my studies. The other trucks came by midday or early evening. Yaki Imo man came by late at night, 7, 8, or 9 o'clock. Finally, I couldn't take it. Who was the sad Yaki Imo man and what was a Yaki Imo? I had to find out. So, one night, when his melancholy cries started up, I dropped my studies to follow the mysterious voice. I chased him down narrow streets, blocked by dead ends. I'd turn right, he'd go left, past the cemetery in the old neighborhood Buddhist temple. Then I turned the corner, and there it was. A small flatbed Japanese truck with a raging wood-burning fire in the bed of the truck— Over the fire was a roasting drum like what's used to roast chilies in the fall in the United States. I was gobsmacked. The radiant heat was so intense I could feel it from a yard away. As I approached the truck, a young child and his mother excitedly exchanged money for a brown paper bag. As soon as the boy received the bag, he tore it open to reveal a perfectly roasted sweet potato. He split the sweet potato in half and without ceremony dug in. No condiments needed. In that instant, watching this scene unfold, I realized I was looking at the Japanese version of the ice cream man. I was hooked. I ordered two on the spot and never looked back. That's beautiful. (laughs) I would like to say, because this is not a visual medium, we were doing interpretive reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not dancing per se. It's dance adjacent. but Very close. (laughs) Not quite, but very close. That sounds amazing. I would love that. Oh, yeah. Mm. That Mm-mm. that sounds so good, um, and and I hope I I I don't think I quite captured the melancholy that it sounds like this this man was was crying his wares with. <laughs> I um, think you did a pretty excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, my Japanese is super rusty, so I hope that I got most of those words vaguely correct. Did better than I would have done. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> also wanted to include um, an, uh, Shannon sent us a, a picture that she witnessed in downtown Chicago. And it's a hostess Twinkie trailer. And it, <laughs> it looks like a big Twinkie. It's a giant. It's a real giant <laughs> Twinkie trailer. Um, it is a thing of beauty. It really is. It's I I would be so disappointed when I if I like boarded this trailer and it wasn't filled with cream though. That's true. We can't we can't delve in anymore. We can't let the dream die because <laughs> right now we can still believe it. <laughs> it's just just giant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. oh Twinkies. I am. I've hungry. never had a Twinkie. You've never had a Twinkie? Yes. And our coworker Ramsey, for a while, he wanted to do like a an up close Twinkie reaction <laughs> video of me trying it, and it never <laughs> happened. Uh, on like moral grounds, or no, no, it's just never, never come away. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, things to work on. Yes. <laughs> Self improvement. Yeah. We're always a work in progress. <laughs> you know, I've got a lot of good traits, but on the bad side. Never had a Twinkie. Probably a lot of people are like, she is weird. Something is clearly off. (laughs) I don't think I had one until college. My dad was very uh, firm about not having food Mm. like that in the house. And (laughs) thanks to all three of them for writing us. Yeah. You too can write to us, and we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer-founded, queer-run, and creating size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.